Hey guys, welcome back to the Brothers of the World podcast for season two. We're back before the season. It's me, Mikey, we've got Chino, and we've got Hristo. We have Chino for the first time in probably a year. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, this, is, this should be good. Um, I know everyone's excited for the season. Um, so Chino, how have you been, man? Like, how have you felt about Inter lately, if you've even <laughs> looked at <laughs> looked at anything going on just probably enjoying a better life not looking at it than you would looking so true that's true um like everyone else disappointed about the um europa league final i thought going into the final we had a good chance i mean the semi-final what is it how much run on it in semi-finals four nil five nil or something like that five. yeah um i know sevilla have had or has Europa League final experience winning, you know, but the way Inter were playing in the Europa League, I thought we could have pulled it off. And it was unfortunate um, to just lose at the end. We buckled off the own goal. We didn't show any, um, like that own goal just totally broke us. We didn't show anything after that. And, and I thought we were in it up till that point. Anything, it could have gone either way. So it was a disappointing end to the season. I mean, overall, though, we can't really complain, you know. We came second. This is the best league performance since when? 2011, is it? Um, yeah. The table doesn't reflect. I mean, we were one point behind Juve, but in reality, we know we weren't really that close to Juve. You know, overall, because Juve pretty much won the league a couple of games before the final game, and they just coasted to the end. But overall, it was a good um, showing for Contest for the season. Can't complain, you know. We just we gave him a hard time. As we love to on Twitter, <laughs> but you know, overall it was good. I can't complain. I just hope we could do better this year. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Haristo? I know you went like MIA on like a month-long binge after the final, but you know, what's been going on? New graduate, also. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, you know, as as all of us felt at, at that at that time last last month. Yeah, it was a month ago, exactly. So all of us, I think, are universally disappointed for the ending of the season, especially because we were given the opportunity to, to win a trophy after so long, and we fumbled that uh, opportunity. I just hope that all of the guys can learn from that. I don't blame anyone in particular. I think the whilst the semifinals were a really, really decent game for all of our players, on the contrary, the final was quite disappointing uh, when it comes to our defensive skills, although we all know how good uh, we are defensively and how good we've been in the league with having the best defense in the league, statistically. Uh, I think we can improve on that, although we've been the best team defensively, with uh, the defensive line being more synchronized and not making such dumb mistakes. Um, the two goals that we considered, or all the three goals that we've considered against Sevilla were really uh, avoidable goals. There were two headers that we should not have, I mean, effectively two headers, that we should, should have never considered. And then the, the auto goal by Lukaku, although, again, I don't blame anyone in particular, but I think that whole game was a mess. We scored two goals, but we considered three. 
which was honestly so disappointing. Um, I, I, I expected us to win the Europa League, but after the, the loss, I wasn't so, so bothered because I saw that the guys tried, although uh, them trying was not enough at the end. I think we can work on that and improve on that. And we've seen so much, uh, so much better plays and so many uh, better matches the week we played at. And the preseason so far, although we haven't seen much of it, I think Hakimi is a huge, huge improvement considering how Conte plays and how he exploits the wing-backs. Uh, we saw last season with, uh, with having two or four very average wing-backs. Now having Hakimi, who contributed, I think, 19 goals in the uh, last season, 2019-2020. So I think Conte can actually improve on that and I wouldn't be surprised if, if he... Uh, repeats the season if he repeated the season that he had last season with Dortmund. So, all in all, I'm I'm very very happy for the season. I think we can gauge how good our team is uh, when we compare it to the previous seasons, and we've clearly improved on that. And I hope that we can improve on that this year too. Yeah, you know, for me, I was actually glad for the season to be over. Like, even though it ended in like most painful way possible. Like, I was just glad to see it in. Like, the season was over a year. The first season that we're going to do this podcast is going to be, like, <laughs> the most absurd season in the history of football. So, uh, yeah, I was I was really relieved to have a break um, and, you know, see the team, make some moves, get some players in, try to get some players out. Um I know the Conte saga, like right after, where everyone was like, "Oh, he's probably gonna leave." Like that wasn't that was, that wasn't great, but you know, everyone seems to be in the same boat now, and I think that's really all we can hope for now. Um, but the final Europa League final, man. I mean, we started. We thought we were gonna win a European competition with Roberto Gagliardini starting a football match. <laughs> so I mean, it is what it is. Um, it's a learning experience. It was good to see. The final, I I guess that's about the best I can say about it. But I think it's something that they can take into this season. And um, I really think in all competitions that it'll be better for the team to have that kind of run in CV now as a like, team together, if that fucking makes any sense. But, yeah, um, that was the season. Um, it was pretty disappointing. You know, second in Syria, off by a point, but that was because Juve, of course, like Chino said, were slacking off once they clinched their title. And second in the Europa League in a game that could have been won, um, Ever Benega with the former interplayer curse coming back. <laughs> but yeah, new season now. Um, got a couple of three, three friendlies, I believe it is now, have been played. Um, Hakimi, of course, has joined. We talk, we've talked about that. Um, Vidal's supposed to be landing in Milan, like, right now, I think. Yeah. But, you know, it may be a Malcolm situation. He might just fly somewhere else. <laughs> but I guess uh, we'll see. I think that everything that has been added has been good. Um, even the small deals like Colorado, like, I think that could – pay off at least for depth come on now but yeah we'll see um what do you guys think of 
you know, the transfers, how are you guys feeling going into the new season, the new signings, even the rest of the league? Like, how do you think things are going to start shaping up? All right. So, first of all, Hakimi is our signing of the season. And by extension, Syria are signing of the season. I don't think anybody coming into the league is going to be as big as him and perform as good as him. Um, who else can compare? Maybe what you be bringing in Arthur, but I don't think Arthur coming with that sort of reputation that Hakimi has and that exclusive potential that Hakimi has. So I think we did really good. I don't know who to give credit to if it's Beppe, if it's Azulio, or even both, or maybe Conte because Conte, everyone says Conte gave him the call and made him come across, but. He is the signing of the season and expecting great things from him. The couple of games we saw so far, I don't think anybody in Syria could keep up with this guy. It's like a cheater or something, you know? Yeah, so nobody's going to be able to catch Hakimi on that right wing. And when he gets to the byline, he knows what to do with it. He plays it into the box, on the ground, straight into some, onto the penalty spot, you know, for somebody to just bang it in. He's going to be huge for us. Um... What else? We brought in Kolarov. Um, well, Persich, Raja came back. We don't know how, if both of them will stay. Or, you know, but I think Persic is a good option to have as left wing back. Especially that we're not going to spend any money to bring in anybody um, to play that position. I don't, think, I don't think we could replace him with anybody better right now, seeing that we don't have any money or to spend because of the situation with COVID. Um, Raja, I think with Vidal coming, Raja becomes a bit expendable, so we can lose him. I think both of them are like for like, but I think Vidal edges him in just winning mentality. Sorry, I know, I know Raja's your boy. <laughs> um... Yeah, and well, my favorite, Pinamonte coming back. I know that isn't the um the big star name that everybody oh, yeah, wants to play striker, but I mean, really, he's going to sit on the bench, come off, maybe play from the 80th minute, give Lukaku a rest when he needs one, maybe start against um when we play the Minos or whoever, but I think he's a good option. I like him a lot. I think he could only get better at Inter playing around good players. People just knocking him because he isn't flashy. And well, I mean, he doesn't have that great record, but he's an interester. And I like him and I hope the best for him. I do agree with you to a certain extent because I think he's still young. He's 21, I think. Players like Mbappe, who are very hard to come by and are very rare to find, have ruined the game for young players because being 21 and not having that much experience is not something out of the ordinary. I think he can still improve a lot. He was last season at Genoa, although not a very good team. Quite the contrary, they were so bad last season. But he he was playing alongside Pandev, who uh, who was at Inter once upon a time. I think he can learn a lot from him, and he learned. So I think this... I, I like him as a player. I don't think he's any any extraordinary when it comes to his playing abilities. But we've seen with uh, Bonazzoli, who was at Inter, then went to Sampdoria and was on loan for a few seasons in Serie B. And he didn't do anything uh, anything specifically. But last season, he proved that he's a decent striker and he's, what, like 24, 25 now? So he's not, let's say, old. Far from yeah. that. I think the players that grew up to be 
uh, good strikers do not hit their peak until they are like 27. And Pinamote being a Inter can, uh, can help him a lot learning from players like uh, Lukaku and Lautaro, Sanchez. So it makes sense to, for him to stay at Inter and learn from them. Um, at the beginning of the, of the summer or the transfer window a month ago, let's say, when the season ended, I think the most problematic areas of the field for us were central midfield, which uh, has been improved with Vidal signing or hopefully signing tomorrow. Um, and then uh, left wing back and striker. So now having Pinamonte back, I don't know if they're planning on buying another striker, but for me, that's that's imperative to buy uh, an older striker that can slot in when needed, like 10 times a year or, or in a season, at least in Serie A. Someone like Llorente, who in a, in a in, in times of Corona, is affordable. Uh, will be will not, is not needed at Napoli because they bought Osimhen and then they have uh, Mertens. He's, he hasn't played last season much, and he won't play next season. As far as the other players go, uh, as you said, Perisic and Nainggolan. Yeah, I think honestly, if you ask me, I think Vidal. I said last season, he's finished. He's not the same player that he was uh, years ago. But if we're talking about Serie. A, it's a league where players like Luca Toni were scoring 20, 20 something uh, goals per season. In a season where uh, Quagliarella was is scoring uh, until he's like thirty nine or something. Bernardo, like that. So Bernardo, the, true. <laughs> you, I mean, you don't have to be the best player to be successful in this league, especially in a league that it's more of a tactical side and being tactically responsible to play within a certain team. Uh, and I think. In, in these times, in times when there's little time to prepare for the new season, uh, when a manager has players that he can trust and that he doesn't have to teach them a new system or they don't have to learn anything new, getting Vidal makes so much sense because he knows Conte, Conte knows him. He knows what he can offer to the team. He knows the system. He doesn't have to, uh, you know, ease him in into the team and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, I think you, what you said about Nainggolan makes sense because um, he's still a good player. He, set, he, had, he scored six goals and assisted seven. So that's like 13 and goal contribution last season at a team like Cagliari, who, which a team that doesn't have any support other than Nainggolan, from midfield, that is. And, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense for us to loan him out again for affordable uh, somewhere, or for, it doesn't make us make any sense to loan him out. Period. No matter the money we are being offered by any other team, so having him uh, and Vidal, who can interchangeably uh, be used in any matches, is a very very good uh, point. And as far as Perisic goes, I just wanted to to say that it, it makes so much sense on on a, on paper that for him to play uh, as a wing back or left wing back for Conte because he was very good winger under Spalletti and he was uh, work, working hard and his work rate is really impeccable. So it makes sense for him to to work out in such system. I don't know what what you think, Mike, but yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, back to Hakimi. Yeah, I agree that he's going to be the signing of the season in the whole league, no matter how many people try to say Tonali, even though, you know, he's coming from one season of a relegated Brescia team and his best season coming in Serie B. And plus he's like 20, which yeah. I mean, Hakimi's only 21, but one has shown it at a higher level than the other. And so 
Hakimi, and we've seen it in the like in the friendlies. This guy's just—he's another level. Like he's not full Syria level. Like this guy's a cut above, and we're gonna see that a lot. Like you can put Pinamonte in the middle, you can put Ranakia at center forward, you can put anybody but Galliardini in the box, and <laughs> those, those those balls coming across from the right hand side low into the box, like they're, they're gonna find their way into the easy. Gosh, this Bobby hits. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Pinamonte um. I think I think he'll be our fourth striker. I don't think there's going to be another striker to come in after Vidal. The transfer window for Inter is pretty much done. I don't think we really have the means for anything else. Like anybody else that's not in the Premier League or you know hasn't sold someone big. Like everyone's broke with a capital B. Like we've all got to deal with that. And I think with what we have, I think that. The club has brought in quality, as much quality as you can with such little outside of the Hakimi deal. So I think we've done like as good as we can in the window. I think Kolarov as a backup is a good option. I think Vidal and Raja as like some kind of platoon switching for each other would be really smart. It's just one guy. It's the Chilean, the Chilean Nangalan for the. <laughs> Belgian Arturo Vidal, basically, like they're they're the same guy. Um, I don't know what left wing back's gonna look like. Uh, Dalbert came back too. I guess he'll be over there some. Um, Perisic, I think, could do that. I don't know. I guess I don't know if it was Conte or if it was Perisic that said he didn't want to do it last year, but I think he realizes now that like it's either play left wing back or you know, shine Lukaku's boots for, like, the whole season. I mean, he so. can't even one. I can't see what? him as a battle Perisic. You can't? Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I forgot to know. Uh, I, I don't see that. I don't see that at all. And I don't see I don't that mean, I... information either to bring him into, like, a 3-4-3 or anything like that. I don't see I don't yeah, see I don't... that. Yeah. I just I can't see Conte like putting Perisic at striker, so it's got to be on the left. Like that's the only place he can really play. Yeah. So it's got to be that. I mean, maybe he's still there's still like a small chance that like I did linked. I guess if like Sancho and everything else falls through, and they have like some kind of desperation deal, maybe we can like upcharge him like fifteen mil on him. What did you been October first. Uh, the fifth, I believe. So we have like a week and a half to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's coming up. Yeah. yeah. So I think we could see a deal like that, but if we, if nobody gets sold, I know Candreva's leaving, but I don't know if we're gonna get any money on that. Like, I don't know if he's going for free or if we're just getting like a mill or something. But if he goes, I mean, he's been told he's got to basically. So. We've got to sell someone substantial where you're going to get double digit millions to even you know try to get somebody else in, but I don't I don't see that happening. So I think the team that we see right now is the team that is going to be running out there in October past the deadline. So 
I'm not worried about it. I think there's a lot more confidence with the guys that we've brought in. I feel like they're all very confident, very um, tactically aware, which is what we really need. Um, we've got the talent, the young talent, the prime talent. You just needed a little bit of that, you know, older, more experienced, more accomplished mindset in the team. And that's basically what they've bulked up on. And I'm happy with that. Um, so what do you guys think about the season? I know the first match we play is going to be Fiorentina here next week, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And then we have to play Benevento like that midweek to make up for not playing this weekend. Um, what are you guys expecting out of those matches? Um, I guess first Fiorentina, of course. And having – I watched Fiorentina yesterday, and they didn't look half bad. But I just want to get you guys' takes on – that and if you guys think that it's important to you know get wins in both of those and really just establish that we're that inter are going to you know be in that same spot they were last year pushing juve looking like title contenders like that's something that i think yeah for sure those um two games are games we need to come out of the blocks Hard and fast, two wins out of two. Um, because, well, I mean, if you just go one week ahead again or a couple of days after Benevento, we have Lazio. And then following that, we have Milan Derby. So those are two games that we have to come out the blocks ready, get those six points, and get ready to face Lazio. I don't know if Lazio is going to be the same side as strong as they were last season. Who knows what they're gonna give, but we need points. We, not, we, are, we I'm sorry, we're not competing. We aren't competing with Lazio this year, with East Milan this year. We are targeting Juventus and to win everything. So we get our points on the board early, and that's it. It's a strong statement for someone that wanted to contact with a month ago. You know, um, <laughs> it's interesting. I don't like him. I don't like what he does. I don't like how he, his attitude. He complains too much. He doesn't make substitutions early enough. He's a whiner. I want winners. <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean, there will be five substitutions this season, so I expect him to all make at least when, two of them. Uh, all five of them <laughs> in like the 95th minute. We know that. You know? Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> God. Wait, but if we have a midfield consisted of uh, like Eriksen, Raja, what? Uh, why people, why people talking about Ericsson starting next season and shit? Next, Ericsson most likely gonna be on the bench as usual, you know. I don't. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. I, I think people keep talking about Ericsson next season. Ericsson next season. Quanti already showed his hand with Ericsson as far as I'm concerned. You know, Ericsson is gonna be a bit bad player unless he himself hey, if we, improve. And I don't know if he's if we're talking about. If you're talking of ability-wise, I think he's the best midfielder that, that we have, besides, besides Barella. But since he's coming back and staying fit, I think it should be an imperative for our team because we. I, I even forgot how good he was last season, and that was like what eleven months ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, next week is gonna be a year ago since he was like at peak form. So if he can stay healthy without any injuries, substantial injuries this season, 
I think he will be such a good addition to the team after not having him for I almost eleven months. So yeah, yeah, but my side too. So you better perform. Hey, I hope that he performs for our fantasy because I am him too. Um, as as well as some players that, as Mike said, have to go. I think Vecino. I don't know about Gallardini. We have still Joao Mario. Yeah, we have team. 33 players in the squad or 34 now. I don't know. Something like, like that, I yeah. It's, like it's a huge number of players. Uh, yeah, Candreva, as Mike said, will go probably to Sampdoria. I don't know he's, if he's willing to leave the team, but the reports are that uh, Sampdoria has offered at least uh, at least 1.5 million euros per season. Yeah. So... I think our next task is to sell the players that, that won't participate next season so we can make a room at least for one more player for any position that Conte uh, deems uh, weak, let's say. I don't know what what you guys make of uh, Godin leaving, leaving the club after being uh, part of the Europa League first team instead of Schikiniger, but I think that he'll be greatly missed, not because he was anything special last season, quite... Quite on the opposite, I think at times he was directly responsible for the goals that we conceded, but at, at other times we, he was really, really good. But it's either minus 10 or plus 10 with him. There's no middle ground last season, at least. What do you make of that, Mike? Do you think that we will replace Godin or he won't be missed as um, much as people think? I, I, I really don't know what the Godin situation is. I think he probably only played in the Europa League out of necessity because, you know, Skriniar played almost every Serie A game in that time. So he was just, you know, kind of set his team in that first Europa League match and ran with that all the way to the final. So I I don't think he was as imperative to the team as we hoped he would be. But I don't think there's going to be some kind of big direct replacement. Like, I mean, we brought in Colorado. Um, D'Ambrosio is still going to be a... Um, I just think it was either Skriniar or Godin had to go, and it was easier to get rid of Godin than it was to get rid of Skriniar. So, and I also think it was smarter because, you know, Skriniar still young. You still need a guy like that. Like, he has a higher ceiling at this point in his career than Godin because Godin's just going to age more. And obviously he didn't, I don't think he was the biggest fan of being in a back three. He said he had to learn it, which I respect. I'm glad he, you know, ponied up, did what he had to do, actually put the work in. But, you know, if Conte said, look, it's between these two guys, one, and he left. And I mean, I guess that's that. It frees up some wages. Um, but yeah, there's not, there's not going to be a replacement. I don't think. And I don't think it's going to be too big of a miss. I don't think either, but the problem, I think the biggest problem in our team so far is if Perisic is not able to play uh, as a left wing back, then we the only option that we have besides him is Dalbert and Young. And yeah, he's been decent last season, but can he sustain such level throughout the season? I think we should be looking for, as I said, a left wing back and uh, a decent a decent enough striker, someone that's old and that knows the league, that can contribute right away. And I think, uh, once again, I, I will say 
Llorente makes so much sense because he won't cost much. One year deal will make everyone happy, but then that can actually um, slow down the progress that Pinamonti would make if he played. So I'm, I don't know. I th- look, we're not paid to think that much into that. There are people that are being paid to do to that to do the thinking instead of us. So we can only watch and hope and cast out the players when they make a mistake. Look at the players we're bringing in. We're bringing in players who can, with maturity, who've been in positions, difficult positions in their career, and they know how to get victories. And Gooden was one of those players. I mean, who we have at the back now? We have De Vrij, here still. Come on. Shkinia. Uh, Bastoni. Kolarov. I mean... Dombrosio. Yeah. I mean, of all the players there, I think Gooden... Maybe he doesn't stand head and shoulders above all of them, talent-wise right now, skill-wise, but mentality and just knowledge of the game, I think he is above all of them. So, I mean, he wouldn't have been my first choice to leave for sure. I would have sold off Renokia. De- I'll definitely, I'll keep him up. Um, I'll get rid of Godin before Trinia, but I think his wages would be a problem, really, and truly. If we had to mm-hmm. sacrifice somebody and without selling future potential or present potential with Shkinia. I guess Gooden was the option to go. I, dis- I am disappointed, but it is what it is. And this is just out of curiosity because it's probably not going to, probably not going to come into too much. Um, you know, it's probably not going to cost too much during the season, but um, Radu is also back from Genoa, Parma, wherever he was at. Um, what do you guys think about him being the backup to Handanovic now? Do you think we'll see him a lot? I, I don't think we will, but do you, do you guys think that maybe we'll see him in a decent amount of games, more games than we usually see enter having a backup keeper in? Well, I hope so, <laughs> but I don't think so. Because I haven't been the fondest of Handanovic since he arrived, and I'm still not a very fond of very fond of him but I don't think Radu is the player or the goalkeeper that will dethrone Kandanovic from being Inter's first choice I think he's a solid backup and will get a chance eventually I think in the cup at least for a game or two but as for the Inter's goalkeeping position it hasn't been a very common practice to use the two goalkeepers I don't remember being that being a thing since what, when Handanovic arrived, I think we had uh, Julio Cesar on the bench for a brief minute and they interchangeably played for some months. Other than that, Inter hasn't been a team that used that as a practice, as we have seen with Juventus in the past few years, with Buffon and uh, Chesney. But we don't have the keeper that can change, uh, they can compete Handanovic on paper. I think Radu had the potential, but then again, if someone like Perrin, who's awful, can take your 
place in the team with such ease, I don't think you're worthy of being uh, Inter's first choice. But then again, Radu is only 23 and he can only improve. Uh, he can only improve as, as it was the case with uh, Pinamonte when we were talking about him. So 23 for a goalkeeper is nothing. I think Handanovic arrived at Inter when he was like, what, 28? Yeah. 20, yeah, something like that. So this is still like five years uh, leeway in he, which Radu can, um, can learn from Handanovic. But I think next season is the year that we have to go and buy a very, very good keeper, someone that's world-class, unlike what we have now. Yeah, I, I'm definitely happy that we have somebody. I don't want to say he's going to push Handanovic out the um, starting lineup, but at least maybe somebody at the club is looking forward to, you know, getting somebody to replace Handanovic because I think... My opinion is his decline recently has been massive. Um, like, in the Europa League final, I believe he was one of the first people whose head dropped after the own goal scored and it transmitted through all the team. I don't like him. You can say, what if it's me having grudge for Mikari and whatnot? I think him being captain is a big problem for us, though. I don't think he has the right mentality, the right attitude. And with his decline, I think he's a big problem for us. I mean, I still have big hopes for this season. But Handanovic is a huge blind spot that we have. That we need to correct as soon as possible. So I'm, I'm hoping Radu could do something. Shoot some potential or whatever it is in Copa Italia if he gets his chances. And hopefully next season. Or this could be Handanovic's last season at Inter. Because we, we really need to improve that position right now. His footwork is great. I have to give him credit for that. But I don't think his shot, his shot stopping is anywhere what it used to be anymore. That's it. Yeah, I think we're at a really important point where you have to be looking for a goalkeeper. Like, I mean, you can probably, with good enough defense, you can insulate him enough this season that maybe you can kind of cover up some of his decline. But I do agree that, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely hitting the downslope of his career. And we have – you uh, ha- any world-class team has to have a world-class keeper. And that's going to be really important for this team going forward because, you know, we've solidified the striking options. We've got some really great midfielders. But I'd say – Our defensive depth and goalkeeping are going to be our biggest issues this year. If, yeah, Mike, you know, they show up. If you look at his stats, I remember we were have, talking in a group about it a couple of months ago. The defense, Hananovic faced, I think, how many shots? I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think he was ranked maybe 10th or the lower half of the league with shots faced. And he didn't, I mean, and his save, save percentage as well, as well was low, low, low compared to the other people. I mean, yes, he didn't concede many goals, but he didn't face many shots either. You know, his numbers have really declined and I don't like it. Really yeah, see, if, if C is hearing this, I'm sure he's loving it, but, you know. Probably, um, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I really do worry about Handanovic, and I mean, he's had a great, relatively great inter career. Um, he got us through some of the worst seasons. We probably could have been relegated without the guy when he was at his peak, 
but you know you thank him for that and after this you either drop him to a backup or you tell him to move on I agree with him being a backup. But first choice. Oh, yeah. Um, Vidal is like in Milan with interdirectors, it seems, taking pictures, hot off the oh. press. 48 hours. How many more hours? No, no, no. no. It'll, like, hours. <laughs> it'll be official tomorrow, it seems. He's in oh, that'll be. So We don't have to hear about it anymore, so that'll be great. Yeah. I, I just wanted to pitch in what you were talking about uh, Handanovic faced 108 goals, which placed him 17th among the 40-something yeah. goalkeepers that have played, or 45. Shots on goal? So basically, yeah, shots on target against. So he had 108 compared to, let's say, Szczesny, he had 120. And uh, my point was that Handanovic, although he's faced 108 shots, which is 12 less than Szczesny, he had 0.72 um, save rate. While Szczesny, who had 12 more shots against him uh, on target, had 0.79. So percentage-wise, Handanovic is ninth behind Sepe, Ertrid Berisha, Marco Silvestri, Olsen, Strakosha, Kranjo as third, Musu as second, and Szczesny as first. And <clears throat> for, just for reference, Musu has sustained uh, 186 shots on target against, while Handanovic has 108. And Musu has 76, 77% safe rate, while Handanovic has 72% rate. Yeah, I see you're sneaking in your Musso propaganda here. But I, th- I, I I do agree that he's a good keeper. Um, I think that he really doesn't benefit from having Udinese's wet newspaper defense in front of him. But he, he's a good – I hope, I hope that's one of the names that they're kicking around next summer as a potential replacement. Yeah, that's why I think people who talk about last year over – Defense not being as good as it should have been, and Kenya not being as good as he was previously is a myth. If you look at the amount of shots Handanovic faces, it is not much, right? Compared to the others, mm-hmm. the defense did perform last year. It did in the number show, but my point was <clears throat> not that the defense didn't perform, but the defense made some so dumb mistakes in some situation that we cannot allow such mistakes to happen when we're competing for the Scudetto and where a win, three or four points can decide your season, whether being a, a success, the biggest success that you've had in 10 years, or a failure and season that will be forgotten and despised by many. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's go into, you know, your basic podcast prediction section. Um, you know, we can talk about Top four. You can even give a whole your whole league, your whole league. If you want? We'll do predict league predictions. Um, talk about who I want. I want to know who you guys think is going to be like the most important two or three players, and who's going to be top scorer. We'll do that. So, um, whatever, Chino, you want to start with. If you just want to give top three, or if you want to. You know, go more uh, in depth. We can do that. 
as usual, my, well, my top four is Conte season. We are now winning this time, for sure. <laughs> I got it wrong last year by one, but, you know, this year, they can't stop us. So, Inter, champions, Cadetto winners. Um, again, my hate on UV is too much, so I'm putting them down to third. Who is going to be second? Oof. Atalanta. So, Inter, yeah. One and two going to be um, Nerazuri or Nerazuro. <laughs> um, so, Juve third and uh, Napoli fourth. Right? I think Gattuso going to have a good season with Napoli. That's ambitious. Yeah. I mean, you think... Napoli have a good team. They just messed up last year with um, Ancelotti starting it off, I think. I think so, too. I think people <clears throat> write them off uh, quite quite often in the, in their predictions about the new season because last season every single one of us had Napoli among the top three teams in the league and them falling off so much last season was due to what happened uh, at the beginning of the season with Ancelotti as Chino said and I think this season they can make a leap towards getting the uh, Champions League spot but I think the top three will actually stay the same I think uh, Juventus will notch the title just because of the experience they've had, they had and because I want to jinx them, of course. <laughs> uh, then I would say Inter because we have on paper the best team. If you take out Ronaldo out of Juventus' team, they're poor, so poor. Oh, they don't have the midfield. Oh, Huh? I mean, when talking about quote, absolute trash right now. He makes a difference in a trash team. Dybala makes him. Who, who's difference. better than uh, that yo, team? yo, yo, Inter actually posting photos of King Arturo. Like it's official, bro. Do that. Yeah. Oh, just in time. Just in time. You see, it's a fucking destiny when I'm talking about the club. So, of course, it it had to be. It had to be the night right now. Oop, yeah. Oop. He landed two minutes ago. Nice. Just so I can finish. So I have Juventus, Inter, Atalanta, and then Napoli. I think Milan can finish. Uh, not Milan. Fuck <laughs> Milan. Lazio can finish fifth. Milan can finish sec- sixth. Roma seventh. And I would say Fiorentina have an impressive team. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Fiorentina finishing above Roma, if I'm being honest. Why? I'm not uh, sure about... There's not the middle of the league or mid- mid-table team podcast, you know, where you're going so far down there for <laughs> I mean, we do support Inter, and they have been poor in the last eight years, so <laughs> talking about the ninth place is something that we have to talk about. As far as the teams that will go down, I think Cortone was poor today against Genoa. Then I have the quality, I think. And uh, along them, Spezia, who hasn't made, who haven't made uh, any significant signing so far, I think they can go down. So Spezia and Crotone, as both of them be, were promoted um, a month ago, this is their first season back in Syria. And as the third, I think it all depends. I think when it comes to the Neza, I think Udinese has a great chance of going down. But if they sell the pole, I think that's the end of them. Because he is the sole reason why they're not going down. Post is not investing the money. He's more concentrated on uh, investing in the Premier League, in, in Watford, 
I mean, not the Premier League now, but yeah, <laughs> can go down as well. I think it's it's between Udinese and Sampdoria. I think like I said Sampdoria last season they're gonna have a pretty bad season, which they did. They haven't bought anyone yeah, that significantly really can make. Right they have been poor in last season, if you remember. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't rate their team as, at all. Their defense is bad. Jean-Paulo left. Yeah. True. It's either Udinese or uh, Sampdoria, but I would go with Sampdoria just to continue my trend of uh, saying that Sampdoria will, will be one of the worst teams in the so league. So, it's your seventh... <laughs> So I would go with Udinese or Sampdoria going down as well. How about you, Mike? Um, I'm gonna have to take Inter first this year. Like, of course we're like you know, uh, I'm I'm not gonna have anyone be like, oh, you were doubting the club. I'm not I'm not going that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking that one this year. So, Inter first. Um, let's say Juve second, Napoli third, and hmm, fourth. Who could be fourth? I think Atalanta will get fourth again. Really? They have such a good depth, though. They've bought the much-needed players in the midfield. They have a really good team. Ilicic is back. They have improved their defense. I don't know, man. Maybe we're sleeping on Atalanta. I wouldn't be surprised if Inter and Atalanta finish first and second. You yeah, know? I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. I mean, I'm also probably a little, a little more worried about Juventus some I've got it on in the background, which I know got picked up earlier, but I muted it now. I'm just dumb. But I'm looking at Pirlo's Juve, and they really don't look that bad. But then again, they're also playing against Sampdoria, who I think I also will put in my relegation prediction. Uh, my my relegation, actually, Hristo, is going to be the same as yours. Like, I don't think Spe- Spezia is going to be like Benevento when they came up the first time. Um, didn't really know what they were doing, couldn't win, um, had a goalie score a header against Milan. But I think I think Benevento stay up this year. I think they've made some good signings, and I think they're more prepared now. I don't think Spezia is going to be able to handle it their first time. I think they're going to be out of their depth. So they'll go down. Um, Crotone, they always go straight back down, don't they? So yeah. it's, it's got to be them. <laughs> so. Crotone, Spezia, and Sampdoria also for me. Um, I think Milan will get fifth and, you know, continue their Europa League domination, I guess, whatever they think they're doing over there. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then Lazio, and that's about as far down as I think I'll I'll be brave enough to go. do you think there's a chance or do you think that Fiorentina will finish above Roma or not? Fiorentina. I think they could. Fiorentina have a much better team than Roma right now. Especially if Roma sell Dzeko. Like They I have. Watched... A... Oh, he's still on the bench, right? He hasn't been sold as yet. Yeah, he's not officially sold. Okay. So, and there, the, I saw that that deal might actually fall apart. But if he goes and they don't sign another striker, who's going to be their starting striker? Like, Kalinic? Like, that's not going to work. Um, I watched them yesterday. I mean, they got Kumbula, who, you know, we thought we were going to get. But we won't talk about that one. Um, I am glad I, I realized Mikey was the only person to bring up Tonali. 
I am glad. And you would, and you, bring, you brought up Kumbula, Kumbula, whatever his name is too. Why, why are you doing that to us? We totally <laughs> skipped over the people we missed out on and went, you know, onto our transfers and whatnot. <laughs> Man, I, I was just trying honest. to block it off. Be more positive. Be honest. It just came off. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you guys think about those missed transfers? Nah, no, fuck it. Really, actually, they weren't gonna um, press us or even be probably starters. Well, they definitely weren't gonna aren't gonna be starters for us. And we have bigger ambitions right now this season. I mean, Conte definitely has a three-year contract contract is in his second year. I don't think he has any ambition to really build for the future. You know, he isn't considering what's gonna happen at the next four years or five years. He has his job through now. And getting Kolarov, Vidal, those type of players, those players are gonna do good now. And that's his only concern. And I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that. We have Barella who's gonna be good in the future. Lautaro still who's gonna be good in the future. Bastoni, who's going to be good in the future. Hakimi. Um, how many youth players we really need? We have a good... Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Score. Yeah, I don't miss, I'm not going to miss those guys at all. I think we were... I, I wasn't too bothered about Tonali. I think play, players-wise, I think Kumbula was more worthy of our time. I think Kumbula can, will be a really good defender, especially after the season he had. Last season with Verona and Kumbula signing for Roma with uh, with having also Mancini and if they get smalling, that's a really decent uh, defense, much better defense than the other top let's say top top five the, the, um, for the fifth place that are fighting with. I think it's a better defense than Milan has or uh, Lazio has in in all honesty, but. We skipped over the uh, the the best scorer, the couple of Caniniere for the next season. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring I think it back. I, I know we just got down that little rabbit hole right there. I think I'll go with my trend of saying that Lautaro will have a really good season next season. I think Lautaro has a really, really good chance of getting among at least the top two goal scorers in the league. But I would go with Lautaro. What's the question? I didn't hear the question. Sorry. Oh, top scorer. Top scorer. Uh, Lukaku. Yeah, just in the just in the club, not not fully. Yeah, I mean, Lukaku, Lukaku. I mean, Lukaku, Lautaro, either or, but most likely it'll be Lukaku. Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be Lukaku. Like, I mean, he's gonna have more service than he's probably ever gotten in his entire career with the midfield that we have and with. Probably gonna Hakimi, miss more too. Right. <laughs> what was that? I say you're probably gonna miss a lot more too. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I mean, such is the territory. But I mean, if he, if we got through, you know, a few of his misses last year, and he still like <laughs> scored, how many, go- how many goals did he score last season? Thirty-three, I think. Thirty-four, I think. Thirty-four. I think he matched Ronaldo's first season. Thirty-four. Yeah. Thirty-five. Yeah, he scored. He scored over thirty goals. He scored twenty-three in the league. Seven in Europa League, two in Copa Italia, so and two in Champions League. Thirty-two, so thirty-four. Yeah, 34. So I mean, if he was playing in a mid, or if he was playing with Kendreva to his right, Baragi to his left, Kendreva behind him, like 
season, like there's no way he scores less than last season for me. No, I don't want to go that far, but I think he's gonna have a good season because that was a last season was pretty much his that was his best season ever. So I don't know. I don't want to be so say that he's gonna do even better than that because that was an anomaly, really. But I expect him to continue scoring goals though. I don't expect us to be in Europa League this year either. So, yeah, there's seven goals he won't get because we won't be playing some farmers. Yeah, we won't <laughs> be playing those all, all those farmers in Europa League anymore. We didn't even talk about Champions League. What are we gonna do? We talk about that next time? I mean, we're still waiting on the schedule, so yeah, probably one of the next episodes okay, will be about the Champions League. But we are in group what? What three now? Yeah, we got I up to so, part yeah. three with the coefficient from Europa League. Embarrassing. Um, I do expect I do episode. expect us to get out of uh, Europa League. I mean, not Europa League. Fought, a Champions League group. Like I expect a knockout tie of this year. Coppa Italia. I'm not sure. We I know that the brackets out and we're like on the same side as Juve, so that could be interesting. Yeah. Um, but. You know, the past five consecutive years, I've said we were going to win a Coppa Italia. So I'm not going to say it this year. And maybe, like, it'll have this whole effect and we'll actually win it because I said we weren't. So that's where I'll go on that. Um, what do you guys think about, let's say, three most important players for the season? For Inter or in Yeah, for Inter. Inter. <clears throat> Chino, do you know the players that are playing for Inter or no? Yeah. <laughs> What's the last game that you've seen? 2015 with Jovic and Jajic. Okay, Europa League final. Okay, fuck. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I tell you, Jovic and Jajic, don't leave that team alone. That was a good team. Uh, I will stand by that. Bro, I went to the fucking match just to see Jovic and for him to sign my shirt, so I'm not talking trash about Jovic, <laughs> trust me. <clears throat> he's, my, he's my most beloved interplay in the last 10 years, so that's a lot about my fucking life. Yeah, uh, like anyways, Bristo and his wingers, his tricky wingers with no end product. <laughs> At least my wingers won the Champions League on like some others. Oh, <laughs> a lot of favorites, you know. Old, old jokes. Well, I give you a whole, like, how much six months break I give you and you come back with these old shitty jokes. Ooh. Bro, I'm, I'm j- I haven't said anything. <laughs> what are you fucking... Oh, you! Oh, I forgot that you fucking stand a player that no, now I, cannot I, score I, in the fucking it's, farm. It's ah. a long build up. It's a long build up for it too, you know. <laughs> hey, I think. Hey, what? Hakimi, in... King Arturo, yeah, and uh, 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 <laughs> Lukaku, right? Oh. I'll go with Hakimi just because uh, I fucking like him, love him a lot. Uh, I think he'll make the biggest difference in the team, especially because we haven't had such right back since what? Since Mike Cohn 10 years ago. Fucking hell. Uh, then I would go with uh, Lotaro because this season will be breakout season in which he'll score three goals. And Barella. King Arturo! He would, <laughs> if, he, if he plays. You know, I want you to have a haircut just like he he has if we win the league. have a midlife crisis? <laughs> I mean, you do have. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. If we I'll definitely league. do it. Put that on record. If we win the league, we take in Mohawks. Everybody. Oh. Everybody. Nah, no, 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 no. What? I'm good. Come on. You're young. You're together with that shit. I, 
would look like Vidal. You have see me, just Vidal, and with a mohawk too. Same drink. And you're ugly as him, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do it. I'll do it. Put me down for that. <laughs> we have him on record, so Mike, let's make a toast to that. Right. Uh, for me, uh, top three, I'm going to say DeVry again, Hakimi, and Lukaku. Ooh. I think I like the device. I think the yeah. is gonna have another monster season. Like that guy in the middle of a back three is just. Big. But it's so that's, quiet. Though. That's his it's position. Quiet. It's so quiet and it's so underrated. Job he does. Like last year, he was so good. Cool. The right. I can. He, he was uh-huh. our best defender last year. No. We thought exactly, yeah. but you know, he does. He does his job so quietly, and you know, without any fuss, that he could go under the radar. If you don't pay attention. But Vidal, Vidal's going to score some goals. I think Vidal's going to score one against you. We are finally going to beat you this season. Uh, we, need to start, we need to start Vidal and Raja against Juve. Like, oh. I need to see that. Okay, oh. Raja's going to start with Cagliari or something. Raja not staying. We can't have all those drunk <laughs> on team. Come on. Just imagine a Raja and a Vidal square against Juventus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. Uh, just put those two I guys on the field uh, just to like hack everybody. Like that would those yeah. two and Barella. That's like having a yeah. that's like that's nothing but like that's, that's three Felipe Melos right there. Yeah, no, no, no. Come on, there's Felipe Melo with with quality. Not yeah, yeah. Like... There's gonna be some red cards in the midfield this year. I like it. I like it. That is a huge signing. I'm really happy with this. For sure. Yeah. We'll take the questions next week because we had them lined up for Badar. And, of course, he's not here today, but he'll be here, I guess, middle of this week. Next episode, of course. So we'll answer those questions then. Um, yeah, an hour of content. That's good to kick off the season. Um, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Um, thanks if everyone, you know, is still listening at this point. Um, could use a thumbs up, you know, rate five stars, whatever you do to rate your podcasts, retweet, whatever you want to do, like, please do that for us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll get out of here. Thanks guys for coming on. Um, and we'll see everybody in the next one. Right, take it easy.